Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of the U.S. Grace Force. I'm Angela Tomlinson, and with us this month, as usual, is Father Richard Heilman, who, in addition to initiating the U.S. Grace Force with Doug Barry, is the pastor of St. Mary of Pine Bluff Catholic Church in Wisconsin. He's the creator of the Combat Rosary. He's the initiator of the Coast to Coast Rosary. He's founder of Roman Catholic Man, and now he's a huge hit on EWTN Chicago. So welcome, Father. <laughs> good to be with you. Thanks for having me. And good to be with, uh, good to have you. I was going to say it's good to be with me too. <laughs> okay, and we also have Doug Barry, who is a devoted husband and father of five. He is the founder of the Catholic Ministry Radix, and his Battle Ready uh, show is featured Mondays on EWTN television. For the past 30 years, he's been traveling the country and talking about Catholic preparedness. He is here to strengthen and encourage the soldier of Christ to be aware of, prepared for, and engaged in the spiritual fight we're in. And you have some big news about your documentary this week, Doomed to Repeat It. Doug, congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited about it. It's always tough to, father, or to follow father when you give father's credentials. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, I just in, sit in the front row and applaud him. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the two of you, the dynamic duo. Was that Batman? Yeah. They had the dynamic duo years ago. Yeah. He's That's Batman. Cool. I'm Robin. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get started, just a couple things I wanted to um, bring up. So uh, Father Heilman, you were making the news here in Chicagoland with your recent Facebook post about Cardinal Burke. <laughs> that oh, went was around I? like why yeah <laughs> maybe you want to talk a little bit about that before we get started on the matter at hand you were talking about um the church and the need for courage and kind yeah of so I, I i was first of all i was honored to be there thanks for having me and i got to sit at the table with cardinal burke and uh him and i have been working on what uh we call the holy league for some time now anyway um you know, what a, what a, a, you know, more than courageous, he's a loving man. And he just understands that uh, love in, in, uh, requires uh, helping our, their, your loved ones to understand the truth and to, um, to do all that we can to, uh, to try to live in a world where uh, morality and ethics and principles and values uh, rise to the top. And so there he was, and, and he gave this amazing talk. And I was just struck as, as he at one point said, um, uh, marriage is for one man and one woman. And all of a sudden the place erupted in applause. <laughs> and, uh, and then at, at, an, at another time, uh, he said that uh, uh, politicians who are pro-abortion should not receive Holy Communion. And again, the whole place erupted in applause. And, and uh, I thought to myself, you know, that's, that's great. And we're so appreciative that he's speaking out like that. Uh, he's rare, unfortunately, but in another time, uh, you'd sit there and go, whatever, you know, <laughs> that's what the church teaches. What's the, why is he even bother saying it? But he, but in our times, you know, we have to say it because we have to remind people that, uh, you know, I, and, and with the recent leak with Supreme court, I've been saying too, that, uh, that, you know, this was a trusted uh, institution, you know, the, the, they revered the Supreme Court. So in 1973, when the Supreme Court said, you know, let's legalize killing uh, children, uh, every, that got normalized. And so it looks like there's maybe a shift happening where that isn't going to uh, give people um, a, a false understanding that it, it's normal to kill a, a child any longer. So, uh so it, we're living in really, uh, I call it critical times in history right now, but how beautiful and wonderful to be with Cardinal Burke as he, uh, as he was honored that night. So it was a really special night. He sent a lovely note. They sent a lovely note. I think they, the words they used was inexpressible wow. gratitude. I think he needed to feel the love that he felt in that room. Right. And it was so spontaneous, wasn't it? Just like it was with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because again, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, you can feel the love from him. And that's what this is. We call it courage, but it really is love that that you want the you want, you, you selflessly put your uh, pour yourself out for others and want the best for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can just tell that that's what this man's all about. And, 
It was an honor to be in his presence. It sure was. It yeah. sure was. And I think he was so happy to have you, Father, because he needs courageous priests like you. And Doug, we need courageous people like you. First of all, what are your comments? I have that on my list, the Supreme Court leak and the Supreme Court ruling. What's well, your take on all I, of this? My first comment is I was invited to that same event, um, but I was invited to sit in the front row and watch Father sit at the, <laughs> at the head table. So I... No, no, I was in the front row too, Doug. He we was. There and no, did he tell I, you I, I gave him flowers? Did he tell yes. you I gave him flowers? He, the he, ones that have beautiful Lee. flowers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I but but no, I was at, I was speaking at a Marion conference in Nashville. I had to meet some some friends down there and, and speak down there. But no, seriously, uh, I mean, it's it's just it's it's never enough. I have to say, never enough. Hearing Father talk about these things and what Cardinal Burke is doing and just the whole picture that we're facing right now. And now with Roe v. Wade, this situation, you know, Father and I were talking about this earlier on the phone. Um, and I'd love Father to break this down a little bit. But, you know, we're dealing with uh, uh, just what looks to be a great moment in some ways, but a very tumultuous moment. Obviously, we're hearing cries from one side to, you know, be out in the streets. And we know that's not going to go well. In fact, some of these protests have already turned violent and there's talk of more, but what's going on spiritually behind the scenes. This is what I think a lot of people don't look at. We look at laws, we look at elections, we look at individual natural circumstances, but we don't look at what's going on behind it. The spiritual elements of the Holy spirit moving in people's lives, but also the diabolical and how the diabolical responds when they lose some ground, you know, as our, as our friend, we've had him on, the, on our podcast many times, uh, Father Chad Ripperger talks about in exorcisms, when demons know they're about to be kicked out, you can say, um, they start throwing a tantrum, mm -hmm. and it can get really out of hand. Now, we're talking about something on a whole different level. I'll never forget years ago, a priest uh, during a daily mass saying back in Lincoln, Nebraska, that even nations are going to have to atone for the damage and the sins they have committed, especially on the level of something like abortion. And at the time, the devastation was in the area of probably 25 to 30 million babies that were counted. Now we're in excess of 63, 65, give or take million that you wow. hear the count. But that's only the numbers that we're hearing from those who were doing the killing. So you have to admit, they're probably higher, especially when we've seen the Veritas videos that have proven a lot of the darkness that goes much, much deeper, the harvesting of body parts and so forth, the lies. I think those numbers are much higher. And I also, you know, we also have taken into account abortifacients, you know, the abortions that come from abortifacient drugs. But we're dealing with something that, and, you know, Father it talks about this, and I'll, I'll let him uh, take this. Um, the fact that this is, a, this is like a sacrament to, to the left, to, the, to, to those who are of the world and, and not of God. This is brutal. This goes back to the Old Testament and the offering of, of children to diabolical deities back then. This is serious stuff. I think we need to be gearing up and getting even more prepared, body, mind, and soul, for whatever retaliation. But Father's got some great thoughts on this. We had a good conversation earlier about this. Father? Should I go? go? Go, Father, go. Tag right. team, go. I just want to say first, I know, yeah. I'm glad you're wearing a Chicago Bear shirt. Who is? <laughs> uh, you. Well, it's, what it's is not that me. Uh, <laughs> I have my new red shirt. What, on. What's that red shirt that you have on? I just <laughs> this is actually stuff. a shirt. I, I actually haven't put this on in years, and I, I put it on, and I, this is the shirt I lived in when I was in high school and college. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of my way of feeling good because I lost forty eight pounds since the first of the year. So someday you're going to wear. Thanks that to you, Doug. Doug and Battle Ready Coalition. You know, yeah. it's strong, my brother. Yep, yep. So and I'm working one, at it. That was one of the and, first things he said was, "Look at how much weight I've lost since January." Yeah, awesome. Battle Ready. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm working at it, and uh, and again, thanks to Doug and the Battle Ready Coalition. He's kept me pumped all this time, and I'm still really pumped. Anyway, so uh, I was telling Doug that I had kind, of, I had one of those experiences. So I've been I've been advocating that we all do more mental prayer, or at least do at least 15 minutes every day. So I've been trying to be true to that myself. And I found my favorite spot was after mass every morning, I go into the confessional after I expose the blessed sacrament and we do 30 minutes of adoration and then I'm available for confession. But now I'm in that, I call it now my prayer box because wow. there's no phone in there. There's nobody, you know, that needs anything. I get to sit there and I get to be with God in that special spot. And that's where I'm doing my mental prayer in there between 
any confessions that have not come. Anyway, yesterday, and I find it interesting too, because yesterday was May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of a cute thing, but, but, uh, <laughs> but it was right after the leak from the Supreme Court. And so everything's kind of ramping up. But anyways, what I received in there all goes all the way back to August 5th, 2019, when the Pew Research Report said they're only 30% believed in, in that that's Jesus on the altar any longer. And then it was shortly after that, that we entered into this two-year uh, tyranny. I mean, it was just this brutal time when um, all the goody lists of, of the devil were easily brought in during that time. Uh, and and I, I'm trying to make a long story short here, but don't we know that we felt brutalized during those, those two years? Uh, and anyways, and one of the things I, <clears throat> I believe we learned during that time is that we've got to uh, be strong, okay? And this gets to battle-ready coalition and all that too, but, but and what does that strength mean? And I discerned a lot about that, which led me to, to ask people to go into what's called 90 Days for Peace. I'm talking fast here. I hope everybody's keeping up for me with me. But it was at the end of this, and I said, it comes from that um, quote from Ronald Reagan, uh, we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression. So we, we got to be strong so that we get, we find that peace. So peace through strength is the name. That's actually the name of the tool we're using is this prayer journal here. Um, so anyway, it goes up, the 90 days goes from Ash Wednesday and goes up to the Feast of the Visitation, May 31st. And now we're in the month of Mary, right? But I was telling people before we even started, I said, this is big because look what's going to happen in June. First of all, what we're going to do as well is we're going to uh, do the, the most of ancient of all novenas, the Pentecost novena, which starts May 27th. So it's going to overlap our, our ending part there a little bit and go up to June 5th, which is the uh, Feast of Pentecost. And I just believe, I've always believed that after this two-year pandemic, everything that we've gone through, and I think the devil is in full-on panic mode, um, and, and it, it, it's crunch time. But look what he look what the devil is losing in June, or at least he's he's diminished in June. First of all, the Supreme Court de decision is due then. The Supreme Court, as I said earlier, sanctioned abortion. A very trusted, revered institution said, "Yep, go ahead and make it legal." So for many Americans, they said, "Okay, well this must be normal. It must be okay to kill babies," and that happened in 1973. That is about to turn around. Can you imagine how, how angry, livid the devil is right now that he's going to lose what Doug was talking about, the sacrament of abortion? I mean, they would literally offer babies to the god, Baal, the, their, their pagan god Baal and Moloch, uh, and that was the most precious offering to Satan as a baby. And we've been doing that since 1973, and he's about to lose at least the credentials of the Supreme Court in June. Now, that's one. Two, the Pew Research Report that bishops decided we're going to revive our belief in the Holy Eucharist, a Eucharistic revival that starts when? In June, okay? So here we are, and the, devil's, the devil hates the Eucharist because it's the greatest gift ever given. And, and, and it's, it's how we get empowered by God. And uh, second person, Lord Trinity, came to earth, suffered and died for us, rose to, and, and left us this amazing sacrament, but only 30% believe it's Christ any longer. We're going to work on that for three years. Can you imagine how angry, how livid the devil is? So you can see this is why he's believed his time is short, I believe. And, and so what is he doing? He's, he's, um, he's uh, throwing the kitchen sink at us. And he's panic mode. He's throwing everything at us. But what is that doing? That's exposing him. And now you've got more and more people going, yikes, I get it now. I get this evil now. And, and things like I get that we shouldn't kill babies. That's happening right now. So what's this like? And this is the big thing that I got in that confessional yesterday morning uh, in my little prayer box there is that God, and God always does this too. He aligns dates. This year, Pentecost happens to fall on January 5th or June 5th. What's the day after June 5th? 
probably one of the most important historical moments in our nation's history, at least I believe so, when Hitler's yep. diabolical regime wow. was so horrible. And then we finally got together, united and did what? We stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. The day after Pentecost this year, we remember D-Day. This is our supernatural D-Day coming up. So I'm just going to end there because I was going on for so long, but no, that's an incredible observation. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people I think are kind of living in a bubble when it comes to these things, you know, father, we like to call him father, connect the dots. Cause he's good at putting pieces together. And, yeah. and I think he's right on, on this. And the thing is that, you know, father and I've been in contact with a couple other very holy priests that are out there. And, um, you know, we know, and, and well, and uh, recent guests we've had on our podcast, who's a expert in prophecy and revelation, and right. um, they all agree that we are looking at some very, very transformative times right now unfolding. Um, and it could be within the next two, three, four months that we see things really, really change. And then you look on a natural level, we've got a war going on in Ukraine where Russia has been warning us, don't get involved anymore. You're throwing, quote unquote, oil on the fire. And then you've got, uh, you know, talk of uh, the elections coming up, midterm elections, and the polls don't look good, you know, for the left and the Democrats. And so are they going to be pulling out the stops, to try to Pulling prevent the election? All these different pieces that are, that are right in front of us. And I think Father makes a really good point. Two words, get strong. Yep. The time is now. Spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically, we've got to start processing that we could be on the brink of something that, that really changes the country. And I know there are people out there who are thinking, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a party again. No, I, I, I'm not seeing it that way. Until we get to that point, I think we're going to have some collateral damage and, and, and more chaos. Well, There's a lot yeah. of people that don't want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. And they're, they're, they're more than willing to march in the streets. We saw what happened with the so-called summer of love that took place a couple of years ago with the city burning down yeah. here and there and defunding police. And the chaos has continued in many of those towns where the, where the police have been defunded. Yes. So, Father, you're saying? No, I was just going to say, it, 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 the, the, those on that side, I, I hesitate giving them a title, but the, uh, those on the side that are disconnected from the divine, let's just go with that, they're trying to provoke this right now, aren't they? Right. They I want the, the streets on fire like it was 2020. That, for them, that was a summer of love. But they, they call it that. But it was a summer of hate is what it right. was, a right. division. And, and, and everybody against each other. And I want to say this before I forget, too, is that I've been warning uh, every, all my friends, everybody that I know, I said, listen, the demonic is, is at a heightened pace right now. He's going to try to get in our personal bones too. So you know what you're going to find yourself? You're going to find yourself easily irritated. You're going to find yourself uh, taking exception. You know what I mean? He's trying to divide each one of us. Relationships that we have, we got to understand that, that we're heading into this period where again, he's throwing everything, the kitchen sink at us. And, and, and we got to just, when we get irritated, when before we would we wouldn't have gotten irritated, understand what's going on right now, okay? And then go, oh yeah, I see what you're doing, the devil. Yeah, I see what you're doing, and I'm not I'm not gonna fall into your trap. So, but but I think we're going into that period, and this is just like all those troops, you know, uh, tens of thousands of troops that stormed the beaches, and a brutal battle ensued at that time. But they had to do it because they couldn't sit by any longer right. and allow that, that Nazi regime to, to, to continue to invade and conquer and destroy any longer. We're taking it back. That's why Ukraine, I think, is, is, is very similar to what, what we saw then too. So it's, it's, it's a time that we're heading into right now. I'm excited about it, but it's going to be brutal. I think it's going to be brutal, but we, we got be, uh, to be prepared and uh, strong body, strong spirit, and and uh, but the victory on their side, just like it was in World War II, is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. why, why do you think it was leaked? To ramp up what they they, they wanted to get everybody. They want the streets on fire. They uh -huh. want to get everybody ramped up and lead up to an election, and uh, you know, and so they wanted to get as much. They didn't want just the decision to come out and then it's over. 
they they we needed a period of time where they can get everybody and that's you can see politicians they're standing up on the steps and everything to you know basically go 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 and without saying it they're saying it you know burn this to the stores down like we did in 2020 because that's what we need to do right now I, i'm convinced of that and i could be wrong but i i just they they need in order to stay in power they need this destruction they need us at each other's throats they need they need the division they need the hate that's how they stay in power uh it's demonic yeah and i would add to that as well there you know the the democrats are trying to codify roe v wade into federal law and they can't get it through Congress right now, but this, you know, they've been pushing for this now, because since this came out, you're hearing that talk. We, we've got to make this happen right away. We can't lose this. So you've got this, as Father just described, it's kind of the Bolshevik move where we use fear and intimidation, like the Bolsheviks did back in the Bolshevik revolution, 1917 and on, three years or so there. Um, and with a very small number of Bolsheviks compared to, what is it, like 25,000 approximately, compared to about 125 million roughly citizens that were in Russia at the time, the fear and intimidation, the threat, the violence, all of that, that causes right a lot playbook. of people, brings them right to their knees. Yep. Yeah. So I agree. I think it's a Bolshevik type move of just violence, fear, intimidation. But then I think also they, it's, it's a push for certain politicians to say, hey, look, we just have to codify this, make this federal law. Now we, we need to end, I, you know, Bernie Sanders has been talking about ending the filibuster because, oh, that could get in the way of these sort of things, you know, getting these things passed through. And, and uh, no, then, of course, the, the concern for, you know, packing the courts and all these things that really upend, you know, our, our justice system. And one very interesting point here is, you really kind of see where people are with this when you find out who's upset over the fact that this is a Roe v. Wade issue, and they're more upset over that than the fact that it was leaked from the highest court in the land. That right there says that there's something broken in the Supreme Court process, that something like this would leak out. That we should be so seriously concerned about, but that's not what you're hearing from the pro board side. They're just upset that how dare this sacrament of ours be threatened to be taken away. Mm -hmm. Doug, you had sent out a communication on your battle ready coalition uh, to battle ready coalition groups. Two things. One is we have something coming up on Friday. Yep. And then you have something coming up on May 17th. Tell us. Yes, about it. yes. Tomorrow we are going to be announcing on a special webinar release dates for Doom to Repeat It, the documentary. Uh, we have been working on this for the last year. We've run into many roadblocks along the way. Uh, part of it being you know, the fact that COVID prevented us from traveling in certain places and meeting up with certain people we wanted to interview. That was a portion of it. Uh, but regardless, we've gotten to a point now where uh, June 25th uh, is a key premiere day, a screening of it, and then it's going to go worldwide available um, July 5th, I believe, is the date that, that has been chosen for that. So yeah, we're going to be announcing that and the details of it tomorrow. I just leaked it beforehand. So <laughs> I'm just writing down that date. Everybody on the BRC team is going to say, what are you doing? <laughs> we were supposed to do it on Friday. You did it on Thursday. Well, it's a special event because we're, we're doing our monthly radio show which Father and I are kind of pitching maybe if the audience is interested. Father and I think this maybe should be a weekly show. That's just us. We're just, <laughs> oh. we're just throwing that out there. So anyway, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, but yeah, May 17th is a special workshop. We're doing two workshops on May 17th. Uh, then go to BR Coalition and connect with us through there, brcoalition.com and connect with us through there. May 17th, we're doing two workshops for the sake of helping people get better prepared 15 concrete steps to be better prepared to deal with the very obvious in your face shortages that are happening and that are predicted to come food fuel, you know, the fertilizer shortage that's been going on that is affecting our, our farming worldwide now, uh, even neon and people don't think about neon neon signs, yeah, but neon is used in chips computer chips. So a lot of our electronic equipment is going to be affected by a neon shortage. So all these and more, many more areas where shortages and, uh, you know, famine, this is going to hit a lot of people who are, you know, poor in the poor nations. America may not be dramatically impacted as much because we still, we can still withstand a lot. Okay. But there are a lot of people in the world that are going to be horribly, horribly affected by the shortages that are already going on. Currently, Shanghai is one of up to 47 cities, towns in China that have been locked down either partially or fully. 
Shanghai is what, 25 million people? That's three times roughly the size of New York City. Wow. Locked down. People are For committing what reason? suicide. For Was what that? reason? For what reason is it locked down? They're, they're striving for a zero COVID policy. That's what the communist government of China is saying. Zero COVID, which is in, incredible. It's a virus. It, it's going to get out. You're going to run into this. It's, it's here. But they're striving is what they say for a zero COVID policy. Now, I think there are others out there who look at this, uh, who are experts in you know, China and geopolitics and all this who look at this more as an effort to control. It's a control issue more than anything. It also can be very much a warning shot for us because what had happened in the past, the lockdowns in China did eventually spread to other parts of the world. However, what people don't realize, I think sometimes is 47, I don't care if it's one major city over there, you're talking about production, Okay, production plants of all different types of items that we import a lot. We, we export, I'm sorry, we import, forgive me, a lot from China, as do many other nations. You start, you start shutting down production over there, you are going to intensify the problem with supply chain demands and all. This is another step in this ongoing situation. Therefore, I think there's much more at stake. I think there's much more behind it, whether it's, you know, uh, World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab and all of that effort to try to basically oppress and control people. Okay, this is not conspiracy theory. This is in our face. We're hearing it from the mouths of people like Klaus Schwab. They want a new world order. They want a they want a reset, a great reset. And they absolutely are clear. You can go to their website. You can listen to their conference talks. They make no bones about it. They want a different world. Okay, and things like what happens in China, the lockdowns, the food issue shortages, all this is, is a major part of that. So on May 17th, we're doing two workshops on that day. People can go out and sign up for it. They're free. Um, and we're going to give you steps on what you can do to minimize the struggle and the damage in your area. 15 concrete steps. We look at these things through the eyes of the Catholic faith. There, there's, there's all sorts of ways to look at these things, but they have to be looked at through the lens of what honors God first. And that's what we're going to do on May 17th. Mm -hmm. What they're doing is what, what they're doing uh, ultimately is they're conditioning people to comply. Yep. It, it's a training. It, it's like you train your dog, uh, you know, it's disobedience, disobedience. And all of a sudden it's, you know, it, it obeys every one of your commands at the, you know, click of, of a finger. You know, that's what they, that's what they want. They want compliance to just come naturally or normalize compliance. And, and that's what this is mostly all about. It's a training in, yep. in compliance, a conditioning to comply. Yeah. And, and, and we've seen, and he, uh, father's absolutely right. We've seen this in America with certain things that we went right. through with COVID. Right. I mean, now people are, are so gun shy to certain things and something is said and you know, how, how high do you want me to jump? I mean, there's yeah, this... it's not super weird to be uh, brutalized, tyrann tyrannized, you know, it's, it's, no. it's, it's common, it's normal, yeah. that, uh, that people are command making a command, and I follow, you know, that's, they're, they're conditioning us to comply. That's ultimately what, what this is all about. And, and just like you see a lot of people just getting we're getting used to seeing empty spots on our grocery store shelves. Everybody sees them on a regular basis, you know, it's a couple shelves here, a section here, and we're used to it. Now, is there a conditioning going on there? I personally think there is. Yes. You get people used to shortages and they can slowly take more and more away. Yes. And pretty soon, as Father says, we've been conditioned to just accept whatever they tell us. Then right. they're going to come in and say, hey, now we can save the day. And we've got something for you. Uh, maybe it's a U.S. digital dollar and we're going to program it to allow you to buy X number, this and that. This is all being talked about. It's been openly discussed. Uh, World Government Summit uh, that took place in Dubai um, just with the end of March, they talked very openly about new world order. Those were their words. All right. And they talked about us digital dollar. This is something they say China's already doing. Europe is getting ready for it. And the U S is on the brink of it as well. These things are very real and father's right. We're being conditioned. I believe to accept all of this and more. Yeah. And explain what the issue is with the digital dollar. Why is that a bad thing? Well, one of the problems with it is and they sum it up very simply in the meeting, they actually state this, we will have almost complete control of recording every single economic transaction in the world. Wow, you put that kind of power and control in someone's hands like a corrupt 
government. Heaven forbid we would ever have corrupt governments in our world. But you put that kind of control in their hands, they can start dictating what you buy and how much of it you get. So if they, who are pushing green energy all over the place, decide to tell you, okay, you've driven enough this week or this month. So the digital dollar, which is they're saying will be programmable, meaning they'll be able to control where you use it. They'll tell you, you can no longer buy any more gas or fuel for this month because you've already used up your quota. I mean, that's one example that's been talked about by, by many people who have researched this extensively. So they will be able to control our purchases. Now, this goes along with one of the statements from the World Economic Forum, and you can see it on their website. By 2030, you'll own nothing and you will be happy. So the idea of conditioning us to get used to them telling us what we can and can't do what we can and can't have. And they can do it then by forcing it upon us. Just like they said, you're going to lose your job in medical field, law enforcement, military, unless you take the jab. Uh, that was one example. We were conditioned to accept that unless you get this jab, you no longer get this job and so forth and so forth. These are all pieces of a puzzle that are not God of God. They are very godless and they have a very Luciferian, diabolical uh, you know, piece to them that is just unmistakable. And so I go back to what Father said, it's time to get strong, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, we've got to toughen up, we've got to be training, we've got to be in that confessional, we've got to be praying that rosary, we've got to be taking care of our health, we've got to be being, we've got to put ourselves in a position where we're going to be able to take these things on, be that David against Goliath, where we turn to God and say, all for your glory, but I'm going to train up in the ways that God has called me to train up. David knew how to use that sling. He didn't just wait and let God give him the, the, the immediate talent at that moment. He had trained with that sling for years. He knew what he was doing. That's the natural side of what we need to do to get strong. And the spiritual side, of course, should, goes without saying. We need to be deep in prayer, get close to the Lord. Tomorrow, we start the novena to Our Lady of Fatima. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because of May 13th. Talk, you both have statues of Fatima. Why do you have statues? Of, why did you choose that of all the statues you could have had? And, and what does that mean for us today? My statue is MIA because uh, we used it for uh, May crowning. So Father's, it's over in church right now. Father's statue is a little, little neater than mine. He had a miraculous event with his statue. Yeah. Well, real quick. Um, <laughs> he did. They, they processed it downtown Madison for years. And it fell off of the carrier onto the ground and, and, and shattered into many pieces. And they searched around for someone who might be able to put it back together. No one could. So they finally found a woman that, that said, you know what, bring it over. I think I can fix it. And four people brought it over and, uh, the, and she looked at it and she says, you know, I think I can fix this. And then she looked down and said, do you see what I see? And all five people saw Our Lady weeping. Uh, from that really? statue. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's the statue I have. And it, yeah. No, I don't have that. <laughs> You're working on it. <laughs> working. I, I clearly am not as holy as father. We know that. Oh. So. But how <laughs> did you select, joke. How did you select uh, the devotion of Our Lady of Fatima? How does it apply to us today as we're going into the novena to her? How does it apply to what we're experiencing in our world today? And, and what was her message? for us now you want, you want to go first father well i mean we just had the 100th anniversary i'd say just I mean, it was five years ago but it's 105 years right now but uh i recall that time where we were making a very big deal out of it and kind of renewing our our devotion to our lady of fatima during that time but also just understanding that uh you know it was kind of a warning of fatima wasn't it it was uh you know getting us ready getting us prepared for something and uh, her messages uh, were that. And I'm actually, I'm actually in the school of thought right now that one of them was to, 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 to practice the uh, first uh, uh, Saturday devotion, right? I was thinking I, too. I, I, right. And I think that that's, that should be at the top of our list right now as we go into our spiritual D-Day right, right now is to recommit ourselves to the first Saturday and the first Friday devotion, uh, because look at your, your, we're in the month of the Immaculate Heart of Mary right now, or Fatima, but we're in the month of Mary, and then we go into the Sacred Heart of Jesus month of June. Uh, and while this is kind of all hitting a pitch, 
uh, maybe a tipping point right now. And so uh, of, of all the beautiful messages she received, I, I think that's the one. And I, I read something recently too, that of all the devotions or all the, uh, the things that she asked for, that that's the one that probably has been dismissed the most of, of all of them by, by us faithful. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's a big one. Doug? Yeah, I, you know, there's so much about Fatima. I've been talking about it for years. Uh, the, the reason I have the statue is this was the miraculous and historical event that turned me back to become, you know, a, a better Catholic. I, I refer to myself as a clock-in, clock-out Catholic before that. I mean, I've missed Mass probably seven times in my entire life, Sundays, and that was only for being sick. I mean, I, I was never one of those who rebelled. I'm very much like the majority of Catholics, I think. You go to Mass because you were told to. But clock in, clock out. You walk in, you put your hand in the holy water font, you clock in, you walk out after mass, and you clock out. And that's the extent of it for a lot of people. And then I heard about what was going on in Fatima. And the short version of the story is I was blown away by the fact that the mother of God would appear to three little children who were seven, nine, and 10 years old. And over six times from May 13th to October 13th, give them all these amazing messages. And in the middle of it, on July 13th, actually show them a vision of hell tell them that a second world war is coming if man does not stop offending God, tells them there's going to be a light in the sky, which happened June 25th, 1938, as an indicator that that war would begin, and it did. And these three kids were peasant children. And, and through it all, we are, we are told later, 1957, in an interview with Sister Lucia, that in the six apparitions we had with the Blessed Mother, not once did me or my cousins ever see Mary smile. Mm -hmm. So this whole event was not the Mother of God coming to the world with three little children. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, I love the way you sing. And this. No, she came and said, you have a job. The angel warned them of that many months before, several months before, and told them there's work that God is calling you to do and prepared them for Our Lady's arrival. Pray the rosary, intensify your fasting and your sacrifice. And then, of course, we have the devotion of the five for Saturdays, the warning of Russia spreading the error of her ways. Okay, all these different pieces of the puzzle. And even St. John Paul II said that the apparitions of Fatima are more significant in our lifetime, of course, when he was alive, he said more significant in our lifetime now than they were when they happened, because they still speak to the reality that Fatima is about warning. It's warning of conversion, the need for conversion, because God will punish the world by allowing things to come. We've seen it in the Old Testament, and we see it in modern times. So all of this, I think you put this together, and we see what's happening before us right now, and I think it's pretty evident. And one thing I think I would like to throw in on this is this. On October 13th, when the miracle of the sun took place, and there were estimated 70,000 plus people in the area, it had been raining the day before, it was, everybody was soaked, soaking wet, and when the sun came out from the, behind the clouds, everything dried up in an instant, people could see rose-colored petals of different colors, you know, following, rose petals, different colors falling to the ground, people were on their knees, there are pictures, photographs of this, well, they were able to stare at the sun, and it was moving, spinning in the sky, but notice they were able to stare at the sun and their eyes were not burned or damaged. Every time I give talks, and this happened even when I spoke in Nashville last weekend, I asked, has anybody here in the church seen the miracle of the sun where you can look at the sun in the middle of the day or whenever and see it with your eyes and not hurt your eyes? Hands always go up all over the country. This is going on. Why is God allowing this miracle, this type of miracle, to, to, I mean, we're all sinners. Why is he allowing it? I believe, personally, it's to remind us that Fatima is not over. The need for conversion and prayer, rosary, fasting, penance, all of this, the, the uh, devotion to the, the five first Saturdays, Immaculate Heart of Mary, all of this is not over. Not to mention, last point I'll say is this. She made it clear that eventually her Immaculate Heart would triumph. We haven't seen that come to to fruition yet, to, to its fullness. What does that mean it's going to triumph? What does that mean to you? Well, I, I, my understanding is that we're going to see the, the reign of the Immaculate Heart in the sense that it, it, the world will understand she is the queen. Ah. I, I th I, that's what I take it as, and it will be indisputable. 
it will be unthinkable to disagree with it. I believe that it's God is going to make it abundantly clear. Look, God only takes mocking and ridicule so long. We think we can mock God as if he's as if he's just silent or he's he's blind or he's he's deaf to what's going on. You mock his mother or disrespect his mother, sooner or later it's going to be made clear. God the Father, God the Son, they're going to make it clear. The Holy Spirit, the spouse of Our Lady, they're going to make it abundantly clear who she is and her immaculate heart, the queen of the universe, queen of all souls, queen of all saints, and so forth. All these beautiful titles is going to be made abundantly clear. Now, we asked Father Ripperger on that point on the podcast once, with this arrival of or this, uh, this, this fullness of the Immaculate Heart Triumph, what will this mean? Will there be chaos and collateral damage? Will the demons respond? He said, absolutely. You're going to get that juvenile child sort of tantrum from the demons because she is the one that crushes the head. And even St. Demonford, I believe, is the one that said that um, the devils in some way fear her more than they even fear God because she's human and her total humility, her total yes, just, just crushes, destroys them. So I think the triumph of her immaculate heart will bring about more chaos in many ways, but it puts on the line the decision for us to make. We're on the side of God or we are not. And that's going to be just made very, very clear more. And I think, I think sooner than later, I really do. I agree with that. I uh, one of the things they talk about too is the, the immaculate uh, heart of Mary will triumph. Is uh, we head then into that period of peace, and that's supposed to be a, a time that we enjoy just before the end times. And but who knows how long that is? That could be a hundred thousand years. I don't know, but right. uh, but it will be like Doug says, uh, so totally evident um, that the Blessed Mother has uh rain and i i'm in the school of thought i've talked with many other people who have and doug's one of them that have studied prophecies and and are, are you know uh, are mighty in their theology and that that are saying that um that you know right now is very possibly a time it's, a, it's that time where we see literally satan panic because he knows his time is short and he knows that that this is about to happen so like i said earlier He's throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it because he knows his time in short. And it could, you, one might say that the hundred years of Fatima might've been that point where it just turned and, and went in the direction that it's going right now. And he's been throwing everything since then. And, and you know, look what's going on. I mean, I mean, the, the horror, I mean, you know, a, a grown man should share a bathroom with a little girl. I always use that one because it's so shocking, yeah. you know, or, or a, a, an eight-year-old can decide what gender he's in. I mean, it, it, and it's all coming right now. It, it's just all at once. Uh, well, and, and so you got more and more people that that are are just, like I say, horrified. Like I believe in the days leading up to D-Day, where you know you you can sit and you can kind of keep yourself out of the you know picture and out of the game and 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 kind of go, oh, there's something going on over there for so long. Okay. Then all of a sudden the horror becomes so strong that you got you've got to get up and get in the battle, and I think that's happening right now. Well, there's a battle that I was never aware of between the state and the parents. Mm. So, for example, I was just reading that I guess there were teachers that felt that it was okay for them to transgender someone's child without telling the parents. Right Yep. You can't because make this stuff up. Claimed it. Yeah, the, the state has claimed these children, yeah. the ones that managed to escape the womb. Yeah. Now they're going to the next level of terror, which is the state yeah. corrupting but them. They're, they're conditioning us to comply so that they, 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 in their arrogance and their pride, okay, they believe that they have the right to rule us. And, and we are to sit down and shut up and 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 that's I think a lot of what the last two years was all about as well, but uh, but here we are, and and the, in their arrogance and and these are Satan's minions, whether they are aware of it or not. I think they're not aware of it, but these they're 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 they're, they're doing the bidding of Satan uh, when they do this and taking away our freedoms and 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 uh, compelling us to normalize what is a horror unto God all this stuff. Uh, and, 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 you know, we are to sit down and shut up. And, and I think we've learned, I, I, I hope we've learned 
that we can't hide in the upper room behind a closed door any longer. Right. That 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 Christ is going to break through that door, even though it's locked, and He's going to breathe on us and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." And I believe this particular Pentecost. At the end of this pandemic, after hopefully learning happened, after these two, our sacrament and Satan's sacraments are on the line in June, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. And, and so the hope is that, and I, I'm extremely hopeful, that this Pentecost is going to breathe a fire behind, uh, with I'm stumbling here, but it's going to get through everybody's locked door. Okay. Yeah. And breathe on them. And a power is going to come and we're coming out and I, and I let's roll. Okay. That that's what they said. What, uh, that's what, uh, I can't remember his name, but the flight that was brought down nine 93. Yeah. 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 Nine, yeah. Let's yeah, roll. I, I think that's where we're at right now. And that's where they were June right. 6, 1944. Talk about the Holy Spirit in the last few minutes. I had that on my list of things for the show. Talk about the Holy Spirit. How are we going to bring him down? There's a novena to the Holy Spirit that starts. Yes. I'll, Father, let me what just, I'll do? just say, let me say something real quick and I'll turn yeah. to Father because he's, he's more the expert on this. But I just want to say, based on the Holy Spirit and, what, and following what Father just said, those men and those in the upper room, they loved God. Before Pentecost, they did love God. They were afraid. They were heartbroken. They were torn up that, that Christ had, had died. But it was not until the Holy Spirit entered the picture and they cooperated. They cooperated. That's where That's I was going to go, Doug. Yeah, they had to yeah. accept that. And right. once that happened, the doors burst open. They're in the streets. They're drunk with wine. No, yeah. as the scripture states, they were accused of it was the holy spirit it transformed them right it doesn't mean that their love wasn't there prior to that but this tells us that without the holy spirit that piece of the puzzle and us cooperating with that that with that element of the holy spirit in our lives we don't get that transformation that puts us in the streets to the point where 11 of the 12 of those men were martyred all right and they tried to kill john but they couldn't he ends up being exiled which must have really freaked them out they couldn't kill the guy but you've got this situation where these men, once the Holy Spirit was involved and they chose to cooperate of free will, the love was already there, but it hadn't been transformed yet on that level. We all need to let that happen. It's yeah. not like the Holy Spirit just is picking where he wants. He wants to transform us all, but we have to cooperate. So I just say, let's put ourselves in that upper room. Let's cooperate and let's be ready to kick the doors open if we're not and already. What does, and what does cooperation mean? It, it, exactly. And I, I've been begging people and myself i've been teaching myself too that it's about belief okay and i'll, I'll always use the when when uh when paralyzed people are any they can you heal me do you believe i can do that mm -hmm. yes lord it was because of your faith that you were healed uh, that's what it is it's it's belief that that's what cooperation really means i believe that that you got to believe. And then what happened? Even Peter's shadow healed yeah, people. They yeah. saw miracles like all over the place. And I, I, I've seen miracles in, in, I've in the quarters of people with strong belief, you know, and a big uh, time of it. I remember back in the nineties with the big uh, eruption of the charismatic movement. I mean, we we're seeing miracles all over the place, you know, uh, but th that's just people that say, of course, God can do this. You get that kind of belief, you know, but that's what cooperation with the Holy spirit means. And I just want to end too. Uh, it was so, uh, John's, uh, rendition of, of, uh, you know, the upper room and all that, but wh what is, what do they do shortly after that? I'm going fishing. <laughs> okay. We'll go fishing too. <laughs> after they receive the Holy spirit. But what, what does Jesus do? He gets in Peter's face and go, do you love me? <laughs> yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, I love you. No, do you love me? He was he was trying to pull agape love out of out of Peter. Yeah. That's what cooperation is. Okay. You gotta you gotta love the Lord. You can't do the punch the clock thing that Doug was talking about with your faith and expect to the power of the Holy Spirit to be alive in your in your in your life. You got to get that agape love. And what is agape love? It's it's again, it goes back to fear of the Lord. 
I love you so much that I'll do anything you want me to do. I, I just because I I want to I want you to be proud of me, Abba, Daddy. I want you to be proud of me, and I, and I'm afraid of ever offending you. That's agape love. Then we bring that love that we have between ourselves and our and our God, and then we go out to the world, and it's like it's not about me. What do you need? Uh, I I want to do it for you. It's just it's a total selfless concern for other people that's that's a real love instead of a calculated love you know well i can give you some time on at two o'clock on tuesday between my golfing you know no it, it's don't worry about me i am all about helping you uh and, and imagine a world like that mm. okay and i think that's see again that's what cooperating with the holy spirit is it's just going bring it because we want to keep God at arm's length. We want to we want to manage God. Bring it. Come all the way in. Manage me. Whatever you got for me, I'm in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that and then the Holy Spirit comes. Well, Father, we only have a couple minutes. Do you think you could call down the Holy Spirit on everyone who's listening <laughs> and ever will listen to this show? Can you do one of those powerful prayers of yours that is going to bring them into our hearts and souls now? Sure. Okay, let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we stand before you, all of us, with open hearts. We ask you to help us. We do believe. Help us with our unbelief. Help us to cooperate with the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to believe in that power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and know that you are the God of miracles, uh, that with you all things are possible. And we do believe that. And so we stand here and ask you to breathe on us this moment in time. And we ask you to bring your Holy Spirit on this Pentecost uh, in 2022, June 5th. Bring a Pentecost like we've never seen before in our nation and in our world. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.